Hey, hi, how are ya? It's Pasty and it's the finest of the Max that you've ever known. Yes, 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 and you're here for another episode of Beef Sticks Podcast. Brought to you by our wondrous sponsors. First up on the docket, we got Monster Wear Clothing. Get all your small runner bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics. Along with custom graphics and logo design offered, Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for everything you need. Hit them up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash monsterware. Get all your shit. You'll love it. I promise. Get your shit. And then, of course, there is Qualities of Wilmer, Minnesota. Bringing you fine quality t-shirts as well. But not only that, they're putting on outstanding partnership entertainment events. That's right. That dude Saint owner and purveyor of Qualities t-shirt company is partnering with AWF to bring you the first ever Wilmer Mania! <laughs> That's right. You'll see stars such as Tony DiNucci, The Rainmaker, and so many more. This is the first one, April 6, 2019. Doors at 6 p.m. Bell time, 7 p.m., Ringside tickets are only 15 bucks, and general admission is $10, and kids 8 and under are free. You can get your tickets online at VitalCulture.com, Pep's Barbershop, and Relentless Inc. in Wilmer, Minnesota as well. For questions or reservations, you can call Dustin directly at 612-360-5280. Tell them Pasty White sent you. It's at the Wilmer City Auditorium, and it's going to be good. It's going to be broadcast on Minnesota Live Broadcast Public Television, TV 45. And this is just the first of many from what they're talking about. They're going to do this every year, and every year they're going to try to make it bigger and better and bring some pretty outstanding names to the small town of Wilmer in southwest Minnesota. And AWF can put on some killer shows. We've been to quite a few of them. I enjoy them every time. Bring the kids along. It's a family-friendly venture. Great time. Oh, yeah. And folks, don't forget, in 145 days, you can set your phases to fun. And prepare Ow. to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing in the inner stellar style at the fourth annual galactic get down and unlike the apollo 13 mission which crashed and burned this is going to blow up in a successful way <laughs> three-day outer space themed music and camping festival located in the outskirts of houston minnesota houston we do not have a problem Hell no. And this is at the breathtakingly beautiful and serene Outback Ranch. Folks, there's going to be two stages, and you know what that means, pasty. No overlapping music. And there is something for everyone at the Galactic Get Down. Even me? Even you! No way! Chabra! 
The festival is family-friendly, and there are plenty of activities that are on-site. In fact, the festival also provides a variety of artist painting and creating all weekend. There are independent food vendors to satisfy every craving, and with craft and art vendors lining the paths, I, I have to say you're going to definitely find something to add to your collection. Yes, folks, that is the Galactic Get Down. Some folks that you may come to see are that one guy. All right, three years running. Zach Deputy, playing twice. Twice as nice. Smoking Joe. Smoking. Mae Simpson. She's a damn good singer. Porky's Groove Machine. Hey, they were just on the Smoking Joe show last night, and it was fantastic. Probably my favorite episode to date. It was actually really good. I liked it a lot. We also got the Gin Strings. One of my favorites. The folks that are there when you don't got the money, Spare Change Trio. Yeah, they'll play for your pocket change. And what you'll be feeling after a weekend of Galactic getting down the hot pink hangover. <laughs> it's a four-day recovery, folks. Take plenty of time off work. All these artists and many more for you to partake in jest and put into your mind, body, and soul at the Galactic Get Down Outer Space themed music and camping festival, Houston, Minnesota, July 18th through the 20th. Hope to see y'all there, because we will be. Hell yeah! Come on by Handsome Row, do some DDP yoga, get your ass on a podcast, have some fun with Pasty and Fat Mac. Of course, this festival is brought to you by Dead Larry, Seahorse Productions, and Vicarious Visions. Get your tickets now while they're still only $110. You won't regret it. Good times. Yes, yes. I mean, pretty soon, Galactic Get Down is going to be in the Music Festival Hall of Fame, Pasty. Oh, I hope so. I know we were just working hard to vote them into Best Festival in Minnesota in the city pages. Only time will tell if they made it. I dropped my vote. Hell yeah. It's good stuff. Speaking of Hall of Fames, have you heard who is the first announced inductees into the 2019 WWE Hall of Fame class, Pasty? Who could it be? Who? 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 Well... On Monday Raw, COO Paul Luvuskuviskaviskovi announced that as a group that he has no affiliation with, might I mind you, DX is going to be the newest inductions into the WWE Hall of Fame. But as with the Four Horsemen, the question arises... Who are they actually inducting as quote-unquote DX? DX has seen a lot of people come through from Mr. Hughes and uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, who we had a great story about last week about him and Jake the Snake Roberts, which if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that one. Um, So it was like, who's going to be in it? Who? Well, the group has been announced as Shawn Michaels. Triple H, the road dog Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn, 
X-Pac himself. But I don't That's think it? They, I don't think they'd put in China. No, I don't see why they would. They haven't put it in herself and fans have been raving about it for years. Yeah, and you know, she did do that porn with, you know, the mean gene porn guy that we want right. inducted in the Hall of well, Fame. Well, I mean, she did do a porn with X-Pac, too, did she not? Well, that's true, but the mean gene one's more entertaining. Have you ever seen <laughs> X-Pac, dude? And he's not the biggest guy. And I'm not talking about height, Loke. <laughs> the man's got a torn sphincter for a reason, okay? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but no, folks, uh, uh, to fans... Joyous ovation around the wrestling globe. They announced that China will join the ranks of fellow legends and legionaries in the Hall of Fame. So it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that she didn't get on her own, but she's getting in. It's it's the first step Um, at this point. I'm going to say this very diplomatically, Pasty, okay? All right. At this point, I don't want China to be inducted as a solo person. Now, people listening to the podcast know I have said over and over again, I think China should be in the Hall of Fame, and I think she should. Yes. If she goes in as a solo person, she is going to be the... Well, Shawn Michaels is going to be the second now, right? Uh, two-time inductee. Sorry, I, I, when I was talking about my own train of thought. Because uh, Dog, Gun, and Pac aren't inductees yet, correct? Uh, wait, didn't didn't uh, didn't Dog and Gun get in a couple of years ago? I didn't think they did, but maybe. I, I want to say the New Age uh, nonetheless, are in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so this would make Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels and possibly Road Dog and Billy Gunn, two-time Hall of Famers. I still have to assume that Hogan, Hall, and Nash will become two-time Hall of Famers because at some point you'd think the NWO would be inducted. China, as great as she is and as much as I love her, does not deserve to be a two-time Hall of Famer before so many other great people. I may piss some people off with that sentiment, but that's what I'm saying. If she is, and she, she is. It'd be like inducting... Sunny in three times, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and I, I've inducted her more than three times, but I had to pay for it. <laughs> and she pooted. <laughs> no, uh, New Age Outlaws aren't in the Hall of Fame. That was my mistake. Okay, so Shawn Michaels being the second only two-time inductee, I'm okay with that. Even with my personal thoughts of the man personally, as a performer, he's easily a two-time Hall of Famer. I have no quarrels about that. No qualms about that. But for China to be one of the top five two-time Hall of Famers just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would rather see Hogan, Hall, and Nash be two-time Hall of Famers before China. Easily. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I look at it on the lines of at least she's getting in now. She yeah. deserves it. I'm super happy. I think she deserved it more by herself, and I would have been fine with her not being this one and getting in by herself one, two, three years down the road. But, but she was more pointy it with DX in, in, in the first place anyway. Exactly. There's Yeah, you can't have a DX. I, I agree. You can't have a DX Hall of Fame without China. She was there before Dog, Gun, and Pac. Yeah. And after Dog, Gun, and Pac. Or, you know, around. And, she, and yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think DX is probably the second or third most influential group of all time. 
I would only put him behind NWO and Freebirds. And that's just me personally. A lot of people would even argue that. And you could. I wouldn't fault you for it. Yeah. So I'm cool with this. I'm okay with this. I have no problem with this. But I think, yeah, this still opens the doors then for people like NWO to be inducted and other groups of prominence to be inducted. I'm okay with this. Nation of Domination. Most certainly. Most certainly. Another one rumored for the Hall of Fame this year, I, 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 I've I been hearing, is the Hart Foundation. I think that would be great also. Yeah. Um, that would make... That'd be one way to get Owen in. Mm-hmm. So you got that. Plus, that would make a few more two-time Hall of Famers. Jim the Anvil Neidhart, Brett the Hitman Hart, Brian Pillman would all be two-time Hall of Famers. Yeah, it'd be pretty big. And I think, I think if we got both DX and the Hart Foundation, I think um, I think this could be a good Hall of Fame this year just with those two alone. It could, although I will say I don't like blowing your load in yeah. one Hall of Fame. If you're going to put in one, I don't like putting two right. major pick, groups pick in. Pick unless faction per year or whatever. Unless they're saying the Hart Foundation's going in as a tag team and it's just Neidhart and Bret Hart. Which I, I could also understand. I think they made a bigger impact those two than the than the reformed group did later on. But I would love to see the the whole group in, which include Pillman and Bulldog and Owen and all them. Yeah, yeah. If you're not putting Owen in with them, there's no point in putting them in. I think. But that's just me. The real question is, who's going to induct DX into the Hall of Fame? Hasn't been announced yet. We don't have any answers for you there, but we can speculate. I've got a few guesses. What do you got? First guess I have would be Sergeant Slaughter. That might shock people, but uh, folks who paid attention to DX when they first formed, Sergeant Slaughter was their first authority figure that they really rebelled against. Um... So I think he was great. In fact, there was the classic angle where Triple H, I think it was Triple H or was it Sean? I think it was Triple Jimmy H. Crackle Maybe actually, I don't care. It, it might have been both angle. of them. No, no, it might have been both Triple H and Sean. They wore face guards with uh, windshield wipers on them because Sergeant Slaughter had a lisp and would constantly spit when he talked. <laughs> so they had little face shields with windshield wipers on them. I think it was both of them. Yeah, um, I think Sarge would be good. What do you think, Pacey? I've got a few more. What do you think? Uh, I've got a handful. A lot of them are kind of not plausible, but I think top of my mind right now would be Stone Cold. What? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Ultra prominent star at the same time DX was very prominent. They had lots of I I did 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 Stone Cold feud with DX or or just not Triple H? Really? Not really, not until Triple H kind of broke out on his own. I can't think of a lot of DX. But I mean, they were all Hellraisers in their own time and respective places. They were. Oh, for sure. And and I did see a picture of Stone Cold earlier. He took a mirror bathroom selfie of himself after he worked out. And he's getting jacked. So he's getting set for something. I bet it doesn't look as good as my mirrored bathroom selfie that I took that that hot tub. On. You know it. I tried I tried to dig that one back up for our last week's episode. I was going to put it in the background of the pit. <laughs> Couldn't fucking find the one I didn't edit if I would have found it. Oh, that's it so it. sad. Because <laughs> the different phones and uh, computers I've gone through, I'm fairly certain I don't have it. 
Oh, no. Uh, maybe if I scour the Facebook pictures, I could find it. Another another in, inductor that I think would be great that maybe people would overlook, but kind of on the same lines of Sergeant Slaughter, I think there's a connection. Brett the Hitman Hart. Hmm. Now, he was gone before the... Well, before the, the big blow-up of D-Generation X. But, according to all accounts from pretty much everybody involved, Brett the Hitman Hart coined the term D-Generation X. It was in one of his promos against Sean and Hunter, where he was talking about how they were acting like little kids and they were being disrespectful. And Bunch he said, you guys are out here. This Generation X has no respect for the past. Yeah, you're more like D-Generation X. <laughs> I mean, who better than a fellow WWE Hall of Famer who was a huge super, was the man at the time and coined the phrase. That would be pretty cool, but I have to say, if he inducted them, I think the the chances of the Hart Foundation going in this year are pretty unlikely. You would not have an inductor and an inductee at the same ceremony, I would agree, and you shouldn't. Otherwise, I'd say just let Triple H induct them, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, you could have have Stephanie, you could have Vince McMahon himself. I would love that. Fuck, you could even have Taker. Yeah, there's a lot of people you could have do it. The Rock! You could have The Rock come in, the feud with The Nation, and then subsequently the feud between Triple H and The Rock. That would be a big get, and I don't think The Rock would come in for that, to be honest, but WWE ain't dropping that Moana money on The Rock. <laughs> not for the Hall of Fame. They might pay that for him for, for WrestleMania. Yeah, but not for the Hall of Fame, nah. But this is good news. Um, they're starting it off really strong, mm-hmm. so it'll be really it's interesting be to see where they go here. from here. Uh, you don't know. It could be. I hope it's not. LeVar Ball is going to be the celebrity inductee this year. No. Oh, my gosh. Whoop his ass. It literally took me a moment to think of who you were talking about. Because instantly when you said that, LeVar Burton popped into my head. And I'm just like, did he mispronounce LeVar Burton? And why is he going in? And then I was like, oh, yeah, the basketball idiots. That's right. <laughs> I, I'd I, take LeVar Burton, though, that's for sure. I, I'd I take him. Had I, I don't think so either. But, man, I'm I'm always up for some more LeVar Burton, man. <laughs> the man never never, never drops the ball. Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in the book. I'm an android. No, he's not an android. Would, he's a psychopath. No, but I, I would love to see him come in with his visor on. Yeah. Reading a children's story while getting whipped by a southern white man. <laughs> just like, just, just encompass. Me. <laughs> right? LeVar <laughs> Burton! <laughs> What's his name in Next Generation? Because that's what he'd have to come back Jordy LaForge. There you go. Jordy LaForge! <laughs> Oh, too much, uh, too much awesomeness in that little yeah. story there. They would never do something that epic. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Oh uh, man, whew. they could have Colonel uh, Colonel Parker come down and do it too. If you remember back in the day, early days of uh, late NWA, maybe early WCW, when they had Harlem Heat come down with Colonel Parker, and he had him in chains. He came down in his cowboy hat and had these two black men with chains around their necks and he'd bring them to the ring. 
boy, the shit they could get away with it. I, uh, I, I defend WCW so much, but there's so many more times where I have to just throw my arms in the air and say, you done fucked up. <laughs> you done fucked up. Now, is that worse than Vince calling Booker the N-word? I would say they're even. I would say that's one in one. I really, I can't wrap my head around how Vince did that, got away with it, and never had any real backlash about it. No, no, never. None. He didn't get a Hogan backlash, that's for sure. Right, right, definitely not. They didn't erase Vince McMahon from the WWE. (laughs) Sometimes I wish they would. They will. I mean, when he dies, but you know what's you know what the horrible thing is, Pasty. We're good. we're going off topic. We need to get back on topic. Yeah, we got a lot but to just, do tonight. I'm going to say this one thing right now. Do it. At most two years, but I'm going to say even a week after Vince McMahon dies, all these motherfuckers are going to come out of the woodworks talking about what a genius he is, how great he was, and they loved everything he did. Oh yeah. Nobody who hated him is going to hate him anymore. It'll happen. It'll be a while after he dies. Then all the true stories of Vince will start to trickle out. And I do respect the man as a promoter, but I also think he's awful in so many ways that we've mentioned. Oh, and we're going to get into that later tonight. I promise you. (laughs) Oh, I got some shit to say. (laughs) But talking about some more just horrible Vince McMahon shit. Pasty, this last Sunday was WWE Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Wasn't that Eric Bischoff's idea? No, um, no. No, he was credited for it. Was was he the one that, that they said? Yeah, they yeah, said yeah. Eric I think Bischoff he was the one that it. Yeah, see, that was but, another one of those things that happened when I wasn't watching, so I don't <laughs> remember a whole lot of it. But yeah, I think it was a Pat Patterson creation in real life, and I believe yeah, Eric the character Eric Bischoff is credited with it, just like the character Chris Jericho is credited with. Um, what was he credited with creating that that? Or is Chris Jericho credited with creating the Elimination Chamber? No, it was Eric Bischoff. I read that last week. Okay, what is it that Chris Jericho is credited with creating? Uh, What's another match? Wrestling? No, he didn't create that. What was the him match? Him and JR, man. It's him and JR. Yeah, yeah, right? If you believe the dirt sheets, him and JR <laughs> created it, even though they knew nothing about it. <laughs> Anyways, there's another one that Chris Jericho is credited with uh, creating. I wonder, I thought it was Elimination Chamber, but it must be something else. I hope it wasn't the uh, scramble, because that's horrible. All right, kickoff match. I know I went for my boy Akira Tozawa. Yeah, I did that mistake the last pay-per-view and decided not to go with Akira Tozawa. <laughs> and I picked Buddy Murphy. The champion. And it doesn't matter because this is just like whose line is it anyways where the results are made up and points don't matter. Although I did hear, I did not watch the pre-show, but I did hear that this match was better than most of the shit on the main show. Well, how could you go wrong with Bud Murph and Akira? Right. I, I, you know what? I should probably just go back and watch this. I mean, laying the cards on the tables, folks, I couldn't even fucking get the energy to watch any Elimination Chamber match this week. Just, I, I, I watched tried. the whole pay-per-view, and I, I will state right now, both Elimination Chamber matches were top-notch when it's in that Elimination Chamber category. Which is a low bar, but nonetheless, it's 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 hard. It's difficult right. on the talent. It's not yeah. their fault. Yeah. It's just a really difficult situation to be in. 
Um, so, so Bert, Bert Murph, I'm going to call him Bert. Bert Murph. Bert Muddy. Burf. I want to call him, I want to call him Burf. Burf. Burf Muddy. It's <laughs> a so good old Burf Muddy win, keeps his cruiserweight title. Then we went on to the Women's Elimination Chamber for the first ever Women's Tag Team Championships of the WWE Women's Division. First time ever Women's Titles Tag Team Elimination Chamber matches on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view 2019. First time in 2019 that the women were in a tag team championship match in Elimination Chamber for the first time. Nicely stated. I couldn't have said it better myself. I know. I got that from uh, Michael Cole. <laughs> ah, this is interesting because we had both pegged the Iconics to win. I we think they should have pegged the Iconics. Well, the they, the Iconics pegged us. <laughs> and they you know, too. I was open to it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it for just anybody, but you know, I did object a little bit. You push back, but usually yeah. when you push back, that actually brings it in easier. Right. You haven't right. learned that yet. But yeah. No, no. It was the first time for everything. Of course. <sighs> but it was not the Iconics who won. No. It was probably the team I would have picked last to win, and that is the team of, quote, the boss and hug connection, as they call themselves, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Now, I'm okay with this. It's cool. Italicize the okay. <laughs> I'm not super happy. I'm okay with it. They haven't done anything good with them yet, but this is their kind of apology is how I look at it. Yeah, both of these women are floundering, and they shouldn't be. They should be exposed, and they should be getting the limelight. And you can only pray and hope that this pushes and fast forwards that fucking four year fucking tease of them breaking up and feuding that we've had. Yeah. You would hope that this is what's going to finally bring that. Or they're going to be champions for four more years, <laughs> you know, or something. And I'll take, I'll take Bailey and Sasha on pay-per-view matches and in the limelight for four years. I'm okay with that. Hey, ultra cool. Fun fact. The boss and hug connection did come out and say they were defending their titles on raw. SmackDown, and they were on NXT, NXT this week. So they're going to be defending their titles across all three brands, which I think is Triple H's motive for bringing NXT up to the same kind of level as Raw and SmackDown and not just, we'll train them up and give them to you, you know what I mean? And I think that's great. I, I, I Let me back up again. I kind of think it's great. I love the fact that it's they're trying to get NXT more mainstream exposure. At the same time, NXT has such a crowded roster and a one-hour weekly show. It does kind of feel hollow to have WWE main roster people taking up time for title matches, but... What if it's only on, on takeovers or something? I mean, even still, that's time that's being taken up, but... It, it is. If they do it right, it'll be great. If they do it wrong, it's going to be TNA. Or if, or if they, they didn't do it on TakeOver or NXT, but brought those teams over to a main pay-per-view. Or what if what if Sasha and Bailey made the house show circuit? That would yeah. be awesome. The NXT house, house show circuit. It would definitely circuit. give more people incentive to buy the tickets. With that being said, Pasty, we started out a uh, goose egg to a goose and egg. And Kirsten got a point. She picked them at the beginning of the match, and she made sure I added her into the notes. <laughs> this is the one match she predicted, so that score goes nowhere from here. 
All right, next up we had the SDLTTC, as I like to call it, otherwise known as the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. Mick Miz defended their titles against the Usos, which, Pasty, you and I both were pretty sure that with the recent legal mishaps, <laughs> the Usos weren't finna get it. And yet again, nepotism runs wild, which is hard to say because right. <laughs> Shane McMahon was also in there. So I'm not sure. Maybe there's no nepotism. Well, there needs to be a term for favoring your Samoan superstars. <laughs> that aren't yeah, Joe. Right. Well, but Joe, but not Samoa <laughs> yeah. Joe. The Joe who's Samoan. Not Samoa Joe, just the Joe who's uh, Samoan. It gets confusing, it folks. This is pro wrestling. This is fucking pro wrestling right here. No, this is sports entertainment. <laughs> yeah, the Usos won, became a four-time tag team champs. So how was this match? It, it seems like it could be good. It was It was okay. They lost because The Miz was not 100% in the game. Uh, the match started out with The Miz coming out and giving this spiel about how he's doing all of this for his dad and his wife and his daughter. And then his wife came out and she said, Oh, guess what, guys? We're pregnant again. So immediately my mind starts racing like, How? Why? What? But I'm thinking, what if they play this as a storyline? She's not really pregnant, but somewhere along the lines between here and maybe Fastlane, something happens and she loses the baby and Shane blames it on Vince to set up their match at Mania. Miss, you mean? Yeah, that's correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Shane blames it on, or Vince, yeah, (laughs) and Miz blames it on Shane to set up their match at WrestleMania. Okay, when you said Shane blamed it on Vince, I got in a whole other storyline, like, something's going on here. That would be an extremely, insanely amazing storyline between the two with... That would be a super tasteless storyline. It would be powerful. As much as I'm for anything goes... They've done miscarriages in wrestling before, and every time it comes off flat and tasteless. It just, to me, it just doesn't work. There's well, so many creative. When you're frying it up. There's so many creative ways to tell a story. You don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. I I just I think that would be a good way for Miz to snap, uh, or yeah, for Miz to snap on Shane. And to set up the match that I've been thinking is going to be the whole reason this tag team formed in the first place. Yeah, Miz versus Shane at Mania. Yeah, oh yeah. And maybe maybe it's I like, just, maybe I hope, it is I hope they don't maybe go Shane that Shane goes for a coast to coast and like the the guy they're fighting pulls Maurice in the way. Or, I have no idea. It, it yeah. could not I, be I personally, at the same time. They could be pregnant again. You know what I mean? I personally hope they don't go that route, just me personally. That's just my personal feelings. I got you. Um, creatively, it's at least, it is a story that creates emotion. I'll give you that. You get a very powerful Miz out of it. Like just that passion behind it. That's all I'm saying. I think that would, you turn Miz up to like 14, you know? It's not a bad story. Like I said, it's been done before. It's just, it's just me. It's personally not my cup of tea. Some people don't dig hardcore. Some people don't dig intergender. I Mm. get that. And I love it. So... I'm not saying it's wrong. That's just not my oh, I cup gotcha, of tea. I got gotcha. you. And with that, we're both still goosed. 
Goose in it, baby. But that changes with the next yes. match, which is the IC Championship Handicap Match for the Intercontinental Handicap Championship. That's my favorite oh, wait, championship. Zach Gowen right? created that no, title. Zach Gowen. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we both went. We both went there. When Festus was such a better answer. <laughs> I think it's better oh. to make fun of somebody's physical disabilities over their mental disabilities. It's 2019, yes. Fat Mac. That's right. Let's talk about how old Vince is and not about how lost he is. <laughs> we seen Bobby Lashley defend his championship with his hype man, Leo Rush, in the match against the non-demon Finn Balor. Yes. Um, quite a beefcake, that Finn Balor. He is a beefcake. We both got in on that on some groups this week. We did. We did. And it's it's good. It's good to see wrestling fans in some non-homo positive speak. Now, there was some very negative and ugly yeah, comments yeah, there in there. Which I just, that's why I put, that's why I like what you and I said, because wrestling fans are the worst. I hate to say it. They're the most misogynistic, most homophobic sons of bitches out there. Which is ridiculous when you look at how homoerotic wrestling is as a whole. Truly. And when you look at how the majority of those wrestling fans have never been with a woman anyways. Um, but I feel like it's totally okay for a straight man to appreciate a body like Finn Balor. I, you know, I've been trying to get it over at work, not Finn Balor, but I was talking the other day about how, uh, I wanted to bang Matthew McConaughey. I was like, I'm not gay. I don't want to have gay sex with Matthew McConaughey. I want to have sex with Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) I'm not gay. I don't want to fuck another dude. Just Matthew McConaughey. But I want to fuck Matthew McConaughey. That's, there's a (laughs) difference. I'm not saying I want to fuck a dude. I'm saying this Dude, I want to fuck. <laughs> Come on, folks. I don't know why you don't see there's a difference. I don't go around pursuing men. I don't look at men walking down the street and be like, God damn, look at that guy. No, that's not my style. But who's going to argue against Matthew right. McConaughey? He doesn't not walk I. down the street and say it, but he says it when he's watching TV or movies. Damn right. <laughs> With that being said, the washboard abs beat the rippling no, biceps. No, they didn't beat the rippling In biceps. Words, they beat the skinny toothpick. Well, yes, but the title still went yes. to the washboard abs. And then Bobby abs. Lashley snapped the fuck off and slammed Leah Rush into the ground. So there's the breakup, No, they huh? teamed up on Raw. <laughs> God damn it, WWE. They can't get anything God right. damn they it. They can't get anything right. And we're just scratching the surface. Ugh. Oh, Vince McMahon! <laughs> Damn you! This is, folks, this is why it's so hard for me to watch WWE right now. I want to. I want to want to watch it. I remember, I remember back when I used to want to watch it, which was uh, back in the 90s. And then I went back and watched the 80s and 70s, which I found I loved also in a different way. Then the early aughts came. And I didn't want to watch WWE. And I turned to TNA and Ring of Honor and PWG and Evolve and a few other ones, which took a little more work, but I did it. And then CM Punk and Daniel Bryan signed with WWE and WWE brought me back in. And I was happy to want to watch WWE again. It was fun. WWE is the... It's the apex of pro wrestling, whether we want it to be or not. 
And when you can enjoy it, that is fantastic. And I want to get back to that point. I want to get to where I want to tune in. I want to get to where I want to watch the pay-per-views, where I want to watch the weekly shows, where I want to be invested in the characters. They push me away so hard. They do. I think they're testing your loyalty. I think that's what they're doing. Does Fat Mac really care I've proven my loyalty. (laughs) I've showed them back in the early aughts that I was willing to not watch. And we showed them this last year that we're willing to not watch. And that's all you can do is you can only voice your own opinion with your own remote control. I mean, you can send angry letters, but that's kind of where, like, uh, Roman Reigns would say, I don't care if they boo or cheer me. They're still invested in me. Yep. And it's like, I don't even want to reacting. Yeah, I don't even want to be invested in WWE. I don't want to give them my time. I don't want to badmouth them. I don't want to shit on them other than this podcast. Right. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go out of my way to to send them tweets or Facebook posts or emails or letters or whatever else you may do. They're not getting that from me. I'm spending my time watching MLW and Impact Wrestling and getting tuned in to All Elite. Put my money where my mouth is, which is disgusting because money is filthy. Yeah. Speaking of filthy, Raw well, Women's. Oh, go ahead, point, man. Yeah, I got the point, and you didn't get the point. That's all. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant you had a point. Like, I should have known. You don't have a fucking point. Uh. You just won. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Pasty is up. One to zero. On the one match that mattered. I was just going to say that, yo. (laughs) On a card where that's the only one we differed in. (laughs) So, you can see where it's going from here, folks. Right. Up next, Raw Women's Championship. Pacey's getting naked. Ronda Rousey's in the ring defending her title against Ruby Riot. Dressed up as fucking Sonya Blade. Ruby Riot wasn't, but Ronda Rousey was. Which I'm okay for. I'm into cosplay. I think she's going to be a great uh, 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 Sonya Blade. It's not her first time even doing voiceover work, so it's cool. I have no problem with it. It's but just last week we stressed so hard on how important this match was for Ruby Riot yes. to get some kind of an advantage. She didn't have to win. She wasn't going to win. No, but, but she just needed make to her have mark. a strong showcase. Well, folks, this match ended in a matter of a minute. With Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey standing over her, screaming, flawless victory. But it wasn't flawless because Ruby Riot hit her once and then put on the arm bar and made her tap up. It was pretty pathetic. To be fair, in the movies, all of their victories were considered flawless victories, even though they got hit a bunch of times, too. So I'm yeah. guessing she's going off the movie logic and not the game logic. Well, she's in the <laughs> game. She's not in the fucking movie. Not yet. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> they're they're going to be making a new one pretty soon, I'm sure. I hope they do. And you know what? I would love to see Ronda Rousey play Sonya no, Blade. Okay Again, that. I'm okay with yeah. it. My son is pissed about it. I don't even think he knows why he's pissed about it. Now, he is a diehard Mortal Kombat fan. It is weird when you start putting, like, real people into the shoes of a video game character. But yeah, but that's, I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme was yeah, Guile. Yeah. And and um, uh, Ra- um, Raul Julia was the best M. Bison you could ever think of. Raul Julia, of all people. That's probably his best role ever. This man is a Broadway performer. This man, probably most famously known for playing uh, um, Adams. um on the Adams family. Uh, why am I spacing on his name? 
Gomez. Gomez Adams. And he played the best M. Bison in the world. For such a horrible movie as, as Street Fighter was. Okay, you're with, talking about Street Fighter. I yeah. thought so when you brought up Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm as like, Guile, yeah, yeah. Switching, and M. Bison. Switching lanes here. Well, I'm just, no, but I'm talking about putting real people in into video game shoes isn't bad. Um, Laura Croft with uh, um, Jolie. Angelina Jolie was really good. I mean, it's not horrible to put people in video game roles. It can work and it can fail. Yeah. Look at Bob Hoskins as Mario. <laughs> John Luguizamo as Luigi. Who the fuck hires a Puerto hey, Rican to play an Italian? They worked. The rest of the movie didn't. Although, to be fair, uh, I think Jennifer Lopez, who was a Puerto Rican, had to play an Italian in one of her first big budget movies. One of those rom-coms. Gili? Uh, not Gili. No. <laughs> before that. Before that and before Made in Manhattan. Whatever was her first uh... one. I, I'm not a big rom-com guy, so I don't know. Although... I'm excited to see the new What Women Want, where it's What Men Want. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Um, I've heard bad things about it, and the What Women Want movie really doesn't hold up in this day and age. No. But it's still one of the few chick flicks that I just, I, I have to watch. I, I just enjoy it. I always think it's funny it. when they wait almost 20 years to make a sequel. Well, it's not a, I don't know, isn't it a, a, a reboot or something? Something. I don't know. Either I don't way. know. It's a gender swap. That's the new thing now. Yeah. Just make, just make it a gender swap. We don't want sequels. Ghostbusters All work. right, let's make remakes. We don't want remakes. Well, let's make gender swaps. We don't want gender swaps. What do you want? Like, we have to fucking make original products? Yeah, that's Fickle. asking a lot. Now, when people make original shit, they don't like it. Right. Look at Bird Box. Everybody shit on Bird Box. I haven't watched it yet. Although I did really like the spoof trailer that was made of Big Bird Box. That was amazing. Oh, I never seen that. Oh, that it's sounds so good. Fun, Look though. it up. Uh, with that being said, Pasty is up two one. Yes. Hey, you got on the board. I'm boarding it, baby. I'm boarding it. Boarding up next, it. we had a no DQ match: Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. As we said last week, it could go one of two ways. It's either going to completely benefit Strowman because he's going to destroy Baron Corbin, or when you put in the no DQ asterisk, right. sometimes you can get away with some shenanigans, some mischief, if you will, some chicanery. Mm. And um, Pasty, since I didn't see it and I haven't really read up on it, what kind of chicanery <sighs> did Baron Corbin pull out to actually defeat Braun Strowman on a pay-per-view? Remember when Braun Strowman was the second coming in WWE? Yep. Not anymore. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, this match started out really good. It started out in the ring, just a normal match. They're fighting each other. Strowman's getting over pretty well. Corbin went to the outside, got a chair, I think. Um, started doing some stuff with chairs. Tables came out. You know, you expect this. It's pretty cool. Braun Strowman gets his hands on a kendo stick, almost hits Corbin. And he's like, I don't need a weapon to kick your ass and breaks it on his knee. And then it was a kind of all downhill for there for Corbin. He did beat er for Strowman. Yeah. He did beat Baron Corbin's ass very well until the end when Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley came out and they 
fucking shielded him through two tables, a three-man powerbomb, and then mocked the shield standing victory pose. Oh, what's the point of that? Other than Roman Reigns is coming next week. Well, apparently it's to update people on his condition. If he (laughs) comes back and starts fucking wrestling before WrestleMania... Oh, he's not. um, If they do... this is the point where we find out for sure if this is real or if this was Vince's fucking jerk off creation. Right. Uh, I'll well, stop. I, if this is Vince's jerk off creation, I'm done watching WWE, period. Right. Seriously. Yeah, because with Roman out and with Seth and Dean feuding, there's there's no point of even referencing nope, the shield. They kind of turned Dean face on Raw. <laughs> After Look. what three weeks or four weeks of where he turned against his best friend on the day that he announced their other best friend had leukemia, I'd say it's more like six weeks. But yeah. and now he's a good guy. It's still toting the line, but he asked Seth Rollins where he was when he needed help. Like, where were you? Just kind of like none of that ever happened, and he's not coming out with a fucking air sirens in the in his theme song anymore yeah so i didn't, I didn't know there were air sirens in yeah they just they added air raid sirens to his theme to signify that he's a bad guy now that's stupid just like they added hip-hop lyrics to nakamura's theme to signify he's a bad guy but yeah yeah no that's how that ended it was uh it was okay the weird thing to me, though, is is that the Elimination Chamber matches were the strong points of this pay-per-view. That caught me off fucking guard. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that, mm-hmm. honestly. Again, not because of the talent, just because it's so hard to have a good match in the way mm-hmm. an Elimination Chamber is set up. And we've seen, I mean, this is what, the 27th Elimination Chamber? I mean, you've almost seen it all at this point. Yeah. There's very little you can do to change the dance. But speaking of that pasty, <clears throat> the main event, WWE Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship. How fitting. We had a plethora of of competitors in here, including pasty. Including me. You and who else? <laughs> it was Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, uh Kofi and and uh shit i know who it was <laughs> do you i do who 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 aj styles oh there you go i ain't even gonna lie i just <laughs> looked it up from last week's notes, yeah no so. i figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna try to play it off like i fucking remembered i just looked it up from last week's notes uh so kind of a uh an up and down cast yeah you expect I mean, a lot out of strong I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen worse, obviously. Very much worse, yeah. Uh, Randy Orton is the veteran, but probably the weakest link. And he's also the da- one who came in last. Daniel Bryan, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him nowadays. Uh, same can be said about Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston. Everybody's the whole will they, won't they, and everybody thought they would, and now everybody says that he's going to... Does he get? Did something happen on a Monday where he gets a, a, a championship match now or something? Is yep. that what I'm reading? Yep, yep, yep. It was um, <clears throat> it was basically the three good guys in the match versus the three bad guys in the match in the elimination chamber match. 
in a so, six-man tag, and then at the end, Shane came out and said, I know who's facing Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, and he put it on Kofi. So right now, as far as good guys go, is it AJ, Jeff, and Kofi? Yep. Okay. So Orton, Joe, and Daniel are, are heels. Yep. Gotcha. I'm following. Yep, yep, yep. No, this was a good match. It started out with Daniel versus Joe. So, you know, right off oh, the bat, man. you know you're getting what you want. Yeah, I'm down for that. And I love that Daniel was in the match the whole time. He didn't sit in a cell till second to last. And he didn't get out. eliminated early, right. obviously. Right. Well, at all. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But no, it was, it was pretty solid. Uh, everybody had a good showing. But the real shiner here was when Kofi came in. And the crowd got behind him in such a huge way. I can't remember. Probably when Daniel Bryan won the two matches at Mania to win the WWE Championship was the last time I think I've seen the crowd so behind somebody at a WWE event. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's it really was cool. Amazing. Uh, the the whole match was really good. I mean, Elimination Chamber is pretty standard for the course. You know, you're yep. gonna get what you're gonna get. It didn't come down to all six men in the ring at the end and then quick eliminations either. People were getting eliminated kind of throughout the match. And I'm assuming with no super heavyweights, there were no stupid breaking of the quote-unquote bulletproof glass. No, that happened in the women's chamber. Who did that? Uh, It was Nia Jax. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> but it came down to the end with Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. And when it was just the two of them, the match still went on for another 15 plus minutes. So they had a great showcase between the two. I might try to go back and watch that. It was super awesome. And of course, Daniel Bryan wins at the end. But then um, Xavier and Biggie come out to congratulate Kofi on just his effort and how much the crowd was behind him. And this was about five minutes of time after the match was over that they dedicated to this. They brought him back down to the elimination chamber. They said, you know, get it. Take this. They're giving it to you. Absorb it. Take it in. You deserve this. And the whole pay-per-view ended with the three of them sitting at the door of the elimination chamber with the WrestleMania sign over Kofi's head and fucking goosebumps on my arms. The word, I, I love that. The bad part is do it in June, WWE. Yeah. Do it in June so I don't feel like you're pandering to Black History Month. Right. Yep. Show him the respect any other month. You can you can talk about the history of black wrestlers. You can talk about the impact that black promoters have had. You can talk about Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson and so many other black athletes. Mr. Fucking uh, ball. Fucking uh, ball that you just talked about, Mr. <laughs> T. You can talk about them and, and, and put packages together for that mm-hmm. during Black History Month, and that's awesome. And you should, because because you just don't hear enough about it throughout the rest of the year. It's sad, but that's the truth. Yeah. But when you're doing something and you want us to feel genuinely appreciative about it and genuinely care about Kofi's emotions, do it any other month of the year. And I don't sit here cynically. I don't like to be cynical, Mm -hmm. but I can't help it. Yeah, no, it's rough. Uh, Last week we went through that a lot. Like, oh yeah, Yeah. look at these guys are all champions now, but look at what month it is. So it really doesn't matter. 
And that's sad we should have to feel that no, way. No, I shouldn't have to think that thought in my brain at all. They should just be able to win like it. there's something wrong with me. Yeah, they should be able to win it any month out of the year. Yeah. And it'd be special. But the fact that it only happens in February just sends up a giant red fucking flag. Wow. You know, it's like, it's... Fastlane is next month and Kofi's got another shot. But it's just like, um... I don't see let's have Let's have the first ever all-women's pay-per-view... Mm. A week before we go to a land where women aren't allowed to wrestle. There's nothing During suspicious about that. Awareness Month. Yeah, there's nothing suspicious about that. That's it like just women's history happened month, that we decide that. You know, it's like, no, we know it. We, we're not yeah. dumb. Yeah. We're not sheep. I, and the sad part is 75, 85, maybe 90% of them are sheep. Mm-hmm. And do buy it. And don't even look at it that way. And they're, and they're better. Ignorance is bliss. They get to enjoy it, and here I am fucking bitching about it. They took that away from me. WWE took that away from me. Because I'm smart and not stupid. Or because I'm a cynical asshole. It's either or, or both. Yeah, and then just to add on to all that, this week was the week they aired the episode of NXT where uh, Dream won the Dream championship won the title. Gargano. Yep. Yep. Which, I mean, again, just punctuates it and they're all midgard championships it just punctuates I, I know. Our top let's not pull the trigger on the, the main titles <laughs> how sad is it that <sighs> and i don't want to get into this debate but let's at least touch on it slightly because it's poignant how many real black WWE champions have we? Now, you can say ECW championship. I don't count it. I count it as mm. a secondary title. But, yes, Mark Henry had that. Uh, Bobby Lashley's had that. I may be missing Booker somebody, G. but I think that's it. Did he have the ECW championship? Uh, no, all, he had WCW championship. He had the WCW yeah. championship, which, again, at that time, I feel WWE considered that a secondary championship. Yep. That's my opinion. Me coloring my own picture here. But it's like, even so, we've had a handful. We've got The Rock. Let's throw him a bone and say that his Samoan heritage had nothing to do with him getting it. <laughs> let's just say that. Let's okay. let's give him that one. Who else do they have? I think that's about it. Ron Simmons got the WCW title and everybody really, you know, was like big on that. Mm-hmm. And then they gave it to Booker T in WCW. So yeah. you give WCW credit for that. Booker T and Ron Simmons both. But in the history history and the lineage of WCW NWA, that's still just a drop in the bucket of how many great African-American athletes they had go through there. Well, Meltzer said something. I think I just read this today. Uh, after WrestleMania, Lashley is supposed to be next in line to challenge for the universal title. We don't know who the champion's going to be, but if it's Brock Lesnar, that's the match we want, right? Yeah, and and this is a perfect example. Bobby Lashley, A, can talk. He's not the best talker in the world. But he's got Leo Rush for that kind of sometimes. Yeah, plus he's better than Roman Reigns. I'm going to go out there and say that. In TNA, Bobby Lashley's promos were better than Roman Reigns' promos in WWE. So I'm going to say... That Bobby Lashley can speak better than Roman Reigns. So you got, you got, he can speak. He definitely has the look. He has the pedigree. Uh-huh. He's an amateur wrestler, a MMA wrestler, a professional wrestler. He is a former 
world champion in TNA world champion. And they they obviously aren't scared of promoting former TNA champions anymore, right? Right. That's that's not a big deal anymore. Nope. He's got a great manager that you can help promote. If this man doesn't ever get the title, then I can only only call racism on that. There's no reason that Lashley should not have the title, considering who who else can get it. Definitely. Even if it's for a, a, a mid period. You know, even if it's for two pay-per-views, mm-hmm. he deserves it. Yeah. And yeah, Brock Lashley, if you let them two go out and you let it be a super back and forth fucking rock'em sock'em match, the fans are going to love you for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's what we've been waiting for. That's what we've all been ex- expecting since Lashley came back. I mean, why else would you bring him back? Right. You brought him back to be IC champion and promote Leo Rush. And, and I mean, slap his ass and have weird sisters. Yeah, I mean, I guess they tried to push his sisters, but they didn't work out. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, that ends our pay per view. The score is me three, Mac two. Pasty's doing good at the beginning of the year here. I am. You're doing all right. I am. You really lit a fire under my ass. I'm good. I I'm, gotta. I'm I gotta have a comeback. I mean, there's no chance of me coming back, but I gotta try. Uh, overall. I'm going to give this pay-per-view a C plus, uh, which is really good for an elimination chamber and probably a little bit better than it deserves. And, you know, I'll probably, I, I like to take your, you and I differ on a lot of opinions, but mm. so far with me not seeing the stuff and what I've heard again, I'm going to go with your grade for this one. Um, in all honesty, I want to try to start watching these pay-per-views and give more of my input I want to. I like the fact too that it was only a six car or a six match lineup, and it wasn't like how long shoving. did it last? Do you know? About five hours. God, yeah, that's a long. Four time. or five hours. It started at six o'clock and ran till ten. Ah, uh, I don't remember what time it got over. I mean, yeah, I but I mean the elimination chamber matches. You know, you got to factor in at least an hour apiece. Or right around. I think the women's might have been a little under, but the men's was definitely over. Right. So you average that out. Mm-hmm. And and for my match of the night, I'm giving it to the men's elimination chamber. The women had a really good showcase too. But the way they pushed Kofi and the way the crowd got behind Kofi, that spoke volumes to me. And it was just it was a feel-good match, even though he didn't walk away winning. I mean, the man gave 11 years to this company and for him to be able to hear that from the people who appreciate him, that's, that's gotta be worth more than the championship itself. Right. I mean, the championship's made out of hemp, wood and rocks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I'll go as far to say this is, this is my favorite men's elimination chamber match. I can remember. Wow. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a full time on here but just looking at what the times are it looks like it might just be barely over three hours well no that's just the matches then there's all the bullshit yeah. in between yeah, yeah it was the probably four hours and yeah it's yeah. probably about four hours i'll give you that okay yep 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 and the women the women's elimination chamber sucked because i was like yeah iconics are gonna win it and they were like the second team eliminated and i was like okay the riot squad's got to do it they're the only other legitimate tag team they were eliminated right <laughs> after i said that 
To be fair, the um, women's elimination chamber match came in only three minutes shorter than the men's, Pacey. Okay. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, they had a good showcase, and it wasn't it wasn't as hokey and jokey as I had expected it to be either. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Nope. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, and then the next day, we were slammed with some shit. Some shit. Some shit. Actually, this wasn't even. This was Saturday. This was right after I released the podcast that this shit started coming out, and I was like, "Fuck." They did it especially, again, Fat Mac. Especially since the <laughs> night before, we were literally talking about how they always drop news right after we get done recording. And how ultra poignant is this to what we were talking about last week? I mean, fucking good goddamn. It's it's great. I mean, it would have been it would have been so perfect to have on our show last week. Yeah, the unlucky in love. This would have. I mean, we if it would have dropped uh, two days before when we were recording. It definitely could have been our number one spot. Yeah. Just because of how timely it was. Mm -hmm. Yep. But this week it gets its own spotlight in a segment we're calling Unlucky and Loathing. Yes, that's right. Last Saturday, the internet was roaring over Instagram posts by Corey Graves' wife, Amy Polinsky, claiming Graves had been cheating on her with fellow WWE star Carmella. Say it isn't so! Yes. Who she said had been a role model to their daughter for years. Well, that's just a problem. (laughs) Right, right. You're raising a spoiled brat? (laughs) Staten Island princess! But the posts were taken down shortly after Graves responded that WWE would sue if she didn't remove them. And, you know, it was kind of a weird way that he worded it. And I'm not sure if he was implying that he was going to have WWE sue her or that they got a hold of him because he said, I would suggest you, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically Mm. said, I would suggest you take this post down. I just got a call. WWE is going to sue. So it's like, is he saying, I just have to call them and they will sue you? Or I just received a call from WWE legal. It's hard to say. And they are planning on suing. Like it, he, he, again, with social media, you can't read Mm -hmm. in between the lines. Especially when Amy put text over the fucking three things prior to that, that he had said to her. (laughs) <laughs> so you couldn't tell what he had said beforehand. So you had no right. context whatsoever. And you know, there's important juicy information underneath that fucking blurb of text. She threw up there. God damn it. Amy. Why are Amy's all the difficult ones? <laughs> uh, just, I know a few Amy's. I love all of you. Amy's. I love all of you. <laughs> if you're to Amy listening to this, I love you the most. If you're an Amy listening to this, fatmacbsp at gmail.com is where you want to go. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I am single and ready to mingle. <laughs> Unless this is Amy listening, in which case you're my only girl and I'm not single. But every other Amy, if you're not that Amy, hit me up. You know which Amy you're you not. You know who you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the duration of the weekend, both Graves and Carmella took a lot of flack from a large portion of the internet wrestling community. Calling- but the flack... Yes. Calling him pathetic and her a homewrecker. Ooh, sharp words, right? (laughs) 
Oh man, I've never been called such horrible things in my life. Old tweets a grave surfaced with him calling CM Punk not Punk for being disloyal. And many predicted this would not play out well at Sunday's Elimination Chamber. Which, funny enough, at Elimination Chamber, Corey Graves said, My daughter is sitting on the edge of her seat watching this match right now as Carmelo was getting into the ring. (laughs) It was amazing. I laughed so hard. Too much. (laughs) Dave Meltzer, though, reported early this week that Graves and Polinsky had been in divorce process for about six months and that Corey had even been living in a different home for two of those months. Reports say that Graves told Polinsky over the weekend that he was seeing someone else and had been since he moved out of their home. Polinsky then snapped off, took the dirty laundry to Instagram, and it would seem that Polinsky had been twisting the post to vilify Graves and America's favorite announcer. Uh, vilify Graves and America's favorite announcer had not been cheating. The divorce is very close to being finalized. Yeah, so honestly, the way I look at this pasty, we we have to see how everything rolls out, but if it is as Meltzer claims, I personally don't think he did anything wrong. If you're in the middle of a divorce, you're not living together. Mm-hmm. As soon as you're separated, I feel like it's, you know. Yeah, people live... Um, but they do. I, I don't mean to say this, but people live together for years with somebody else not being officially divorced. And that's that's perfectly fine. I know a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and human nature, once man. You're, once you're emotionally divorced from somebody, I don't think there's any... As long as that other person also knows you're emotionally divorced mm-hmm. from them... There's no wrongdoing. Yeah. Me personally, they don't even need to know they're emotionally divorced from me and I'm okay with it. But let's even just say what I think morally. Yeah. Morally, I think as long as you both know that you're emotionally separated, this is just her, uh, this is just her trying to get her comeuppance and she doesn't deserve them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, one, one positive thing to take out of this if Graves's daughter, if Carmella was Graves's daughter's role model, well, now she gets to be her stepmommy. That's pretty cool. Right? She has a built-in role model. So <laughs> how you doing? Yep. She'll get to hang out with Carmella every other weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I really, to me, to me, Amy comes off as the one in the negative here. We won't know till we get more information. And I hate to vilify the female immediately when something like this comes out. Um, but that being said, I don't want to vilify Carmela either. If she's right. dating a man who is separated and they have feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. And, and let's be honest. I mean, Graves and Carmela got their fair share of being vilified right after this started coming out. Yeah. And honestly, Carmella, if this is all true, Carmella has to really care about him because I don't know much, but I know just looking physically that if she left Big Cass and is with Corey Graves, (laughs) 
I'm guessing Cass had physical attributes Graves doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, this got to be more emotional than physical. Long in the legs, short in the pegs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ooh. But I think we're about to get long in the tooth on something oh, here, Pasty. Fuck yeah, we are. And it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a bad something, but it's a good something that needs to be discussed. This, yes, it does. And this it was coming a great here, excuse to bring back our popular segment, the beef. And, and honestly, this is—I'm going to just put it right out here. This is Pasty's baby right here. This whole article, this whole segment here. I and put so much more it, work into this than I wanted to. But it needs. This is what Beef Sticks podcast started as. We've we've done a lot and we've improved a lot and we've done so much over the years. But this right here, this segment here. I, I I am just in awe of you of how great this is, how much you put into this, how this is an article that could be in any magazine. And this is what Beef Sticks was about right here. Pasty, I'm going to let you go into the meat and potatoes of this before the both of us uh, dissect it. All right. And as we know, I am the most socially awkward podcaster in the history of time. And so if you don't get enough information from this, I will be putting this in a note on Beastix's Facebook page. So you'll be able to go back and read this as many times as you want, because I think this is kind of important to keep some kind of a record of. It truly is. <laughs> so this week's The Beef is ten NXT's Tender Intrusion. When you think NXT invading WWE, thoughts of brutal backstage beatdowns, run-ins, ground-shaking changes, and statements made come to mind. Excitement was in the air Monday when it was announced that four major NXT stars were backstage at Raw. The show kicked off with Triple H announcing DX entering the Hall of Fame and the debut of Ricochet, Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. While the cat may have been out of the bag, the excitement of NXT fans around the globe was real. It's just too bad none of those people were in attendance at the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana. And the rest of the night did not go much better. Instead of making a statement for his brand, Ricochet ran in to save Finn Balor from being attacked by Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. And like I said, Bobby Lashley slammed the shit out of Leo Rush when Leo Rush lost Lashley's championship. Why are they teaming up? I don't know. But Ricochet ran in to save Finn. Turn into a tag team match. It felt like there was still hope when it was announced that DIY would be facing the new Raw Tag Team Champions, The Revival. But the feeling was that Ciampa and Gargano were happy to be there, and happy to be representing their company. You know, like baby faces. Because they're the two biggest baby faces. Right, yeah, that's it. Because baby faces peel back the fucking matting around the ring every week. The match was so-so for Raw but not good compared to the two teams' battles back on the Black and Yellow show. Later in the night, Aleister Black interrupted a promo by Elias and faced him in one-on-one competition and struggled to beat Elias. This was not quite the squash match that one would expect. While all men were victorious in this invasion, 
if that's what you'd call it. I doubt this is the way any of us would have booked the debut of these superstars. And didn't they just call up six NXT stars they have done nothing with? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they've done. It's true. Before this. Yeah, ridiculous. Totally, utterly ridiculous. The following night, SmackDown featured the hasty call-ups once more. This time, Aleister Black took on Andrade in a follow-up to their feud on NXT. DIY took on the bar in a hard-hitting match in which which Ciampa and Sheamus did a sunset flip powerbomb that ended in Sheamus landing on the bad knee of the NXT champion. Thankfully, neither was injured, but it was a bad spot and hard to watch. So I want to ask you right there. So who... So you say Champa and Sheamus yeah, did Ciampa a sunset flip power. Yeah, did the move to Sheamus. Sheamus took the bump, but ended up landing on hard, landing hard, like the, his his the main part of his body landed on Champa's knee, the surgically repaired knee. So how did Sheamus land on Champa if Champa's doing the sunset flip power bomb? Did he just drop straight down, or what happened? It was. I don't Again, know. I didn't watch this, but usually when you do a sunset flip powerbomb, Champa would float over Sheamus and propel him forward, and Sheamus would drop to the mat with Champa behind him, and presumably Champa's legs behind Champa. The, the ending was kind of rough, and it was like they kind of tumbled over each other a little bit. Okay, okay. I, I'm just curious. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to go back to watch I it I might for have sure. to. Yeah, I might have to go on YouTube When I watched it, it I was furiously typing this up. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch both Raw and SmackDown this week, too. I, I'm glad I did, because we wouldn't have the segment if I didn't. Correct. I'm glad you did, too, because I wasn't going to do it. So, yeah, later in the night, Ricochet would take on another debuting superstar and Eric Young with the other members of Sanity at ringside. Which, I mean, hey, 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 they're finally being used, right? Hey! What's it been, almost a year? Almost a year? (laughs) God, it's been about a year. Right after Mania last year is when they got called up. And they were promoted for weeks (laughs) with with vignettes. And then they stopped doing Uh, anything. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ricochet came out victorious, as well as Black and DIY. SmackDown was a far better showcase of their talents, but I still can't help think this is the wrong time to call them up. Why wouldn't you wait till after Mania? You have established wait stars. Wait for the shake-up. Esta- yeah, but you shake it up after your grand show. Yeah, wait for the shake-up. Yeah. This is a weird time to just... It's weird, too, because it, it as I've read shows this... Vince and you're is gonna... afraid of, of what is going on outside of his company. Yeah, well, and you're going to go on to talk about this, but apparently they've... They appear on both brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said they t- they were on SmackDown and they were on Raw. Well, that's not the way things are supposed to be. Well, I mean, so why not it, wait till the shakeup and let them... It makes sense in a call-up to have them go to both brands to see where they fit better, in my mind. No, it mind. doesn't. I think it makes so. Sense to, it makes sense to call them up to the brand you want them on. Yeah, but if you don't know what you're going to do with them, let them float till they find their place. Go with what magnetizes. Okay, listen to what you just said, Pasty. Rewind. If you don't know what you're going to do with them, don't fucking call them up. <laughs> well, that's the point of this that's whole thing. That's just so fucking stupid. Yeah, that is. That's that, That's the point I'm trying to make here is that 
if you don't know what you're going to do with them, if you don't know where you want them, if you don't know what direction they're going in, why the fuck did you take them from someplace they were thriving and dropped them into bullshit? Why not wait till you know what you're doing with them? It, it, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Especially stars you've called up in the past that you still don't know what the fuck you're doing with. Not just us on the internet? No, no, it, it goes... Cite an example. Cite an example, pasty. Well, TJP, hashtag IHOPTJP. IHOPTJP. Is among WWE stars not happy with the debut, claiming he wrote a spot performed by Ricochet Monday night. It was a it was a springboard drop kick, so I don't know how you write that spot and claim it for your own, because I'm sure a thousand million people have done it. I've never seen a springboard drop kick. Really? No. Hmm. That's amazing. Okay. It was a nice springboard dropkick. <laughs> but uh, do you know th- do you know that's what he's referencing? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. That's he shared the video stupid. along with this tweet or series of tweets. I'll say. I'm gonna have to check this out to see what I can dissect from it. Cause yeah, that's <laughs> good old IHOP, and I love IHOP. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Not, not just the chain. I mean the wrestler also. <laughs> uh. But yeah, tweeted Monday night saying, I wish I was kidding, but literally, I wrote that. Be proactive, I guess. I thought someone else turning in my homework with their name on it ended after high school. Despite all that, I'm really happy for Ricochet because he's really awesome and deserves a shot. And when fans came to TJP's defense, he continued, I'm doing my best, I promise you, I am. But they won't let me get off the bench. And they just gave the bat I carved myself to someone else for their at-bat. If I ever get to the plate, I promise you, I'm swinging for the sun and three stars. I wouldn't be surprised to see TJP leave the company. (laughs) Don't laugh at me, really. I I think he's one of the talents that could actually fucking walk away. Oh, yeah, easily. He's got nothing keeping him. No. No, he he was the first cruiserweight champion, and that's about all they've done with him. And I, they they literally changed his name because fucking Vince didn't like the restaurant. I don't like Perkins. So then change him to TJ Denny's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's where the IHOP TJP hashtag came from, folks. A little bit of history invented <laughs> right here on Beef Sticks Podcast. God, that was our most used hashtag for a long fucking time. I brought it back today. We'll get into that here in just a second. Well, Ty Dillinger also put in his request for release Tuesday night. Can't say we blame him. He was the biggest thing going on NXT when he was called up and has simply been unused since then. It's got a sting to see the company calling up talent constantly when you can't get any screen time. WWE granted his release Friday afternoon, simply stating WWE has come to terms with the release of Ron Arnold, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger not even wishing him the best in his future endeavors. How is that for respect? That seems to be a, a reoccurring theme lately. The last few people yeah, Enzo they've let and go, Cass. they have not... Enzo and Cass did not deserve future endeavors. Yeah, so I don't know if... I mean, is mm. WWE so jaded that they've literally quit using that phrase? I think Vince or, is worried. That's why this whole thing is happening. Vince is getting yeah, worried. But, I mean, and he knows where worried. these people are going to go. And so he's not going to wish them well as they leave. 
that just to it's me childish just and always, petty and stupid. Yeah, you don't gain anything from not doing it, but you gain a tiny bit of respect, even if it's like, yeah. oh, it's just copy and paste. At least you get that copy and paste respect from wishing people well in their future. And endeavors. Dillinger, when he when he put in his release and posted about it on the oh. internet, he was very flattering to the company. He wasn't slandering right? them. He wasn't slighting them. It was very positive. Just it's not the place for him at this time. <sighs> But not only that, shortly after, they released TJP and Hideo Itami. Seriously, I was in a massive chaos today trying to get these updates up, editing them, getting it back up, being satisfied, looking. Damn it, they got rid of Hitami too. Or no, they got rid of TJP too. Now I gotta go and edit it again. No, I made a second post because I wasn't gonna go fucking... No, it was hard enough to find a picture of Ty Dillinger with Hideo Itami. That was difficult. Right. And honestly, after all the work I put in on this, I did not want to have to go in and Photoshop shit together. doesn't take long, but it's still more effort I have to put in. It's Yeah, it's that little <laughs> bit more that you have to do. Mm. And I wanted to stay on top of the news. And I, I was. I was good. I posted it like within a minute of them put it, putting it out there. You're the man, pasty. I try. We, I try we just so live hard. in your world. <laughs> yep, you can call me Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I do that some nights when I make you put on that red wig. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite wig. <laughs> Scream for me, Becky. Scream for me. Call me Charlotte. <laughs> uh, just ridiculous. And this, you got to assume, you know, Vince is like, oh, we just called up four guys. Guess we can get rid of three. Well, it's not even really three, because guess who else got the axe today? Who? Arn fucking Anderson. They bring in all of Impact's creative team, and they're like, oh, we don't need the guys who've been here since the jump. Damn, Arnold Anderson is gone. Yep. And in his place, we've got Abyss, Hurricane, and Jeff Jarrett. Company's in good hands. I mean, Abyss and Hurricane, yeah, good. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that's not bad. Yeah. And to be fair, Arnold Anderson, I mean, he's old school, mm -hmm. which isn't bad. It isn't bad. I mean, anybody who can fucking get stabbed with a pair of scissors by fucking Sid Vicious and go on to fucking have another 10-year career, that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when that isn't storyline. I was shooting a fucking hotel. Like, that's way to go, Arn. But, no, I mean, it, yeah, that's that's something we're just going to have to see what happened. Maybe they just came to terms and they're... I mean, Arn's old. He might be just ready to fucking retire and, and leave things alone. We don't know. We don't know. We're speculating. He's going point. to AEW. I don't <laughs> see that are. happening. No, they're not all. I think, I think Dillinger will... I think TJP and Hitami are headed to Japan. You know, that brings up a good point. TJP pasty. is a great replacement for the time splitter, don't you think? That is true. That is true. <laughs> TJP, Kushida, you know. Um, that brings up a good point, though, Pasty. Who, who would you like to see in AEW? Hmm. Don't don't answer me now, Pasty. Don't answer me now. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a homework assignment. Over the next week, I want you and I to brainstorm 
and come up with the top 10 active wrestlers we would love to see go to AEW. But I want us to give the listeners a reason why we feel they would be good to go to AEW. I'm down with that. The only restrictions I have, they're currently active wrestlers. They could be on on hiatus for injury, but they can't be, like, retired or dead or newborn. That just doesn't count. (laughs) And um, I'm going to... Um, yeah, no birdie. And I'm going to say that let's let's be a little loose and say contracts don't quite matter. So if you want to if you want to move John Cena to AEW, let's say then we pick John Cena to go to AEW. If we got a reason for it and we think it's going to be successful. Spoiler alert, folks, we're not picking fucking John Cena. No, no, nope. <laughs> <clears throat> but that, that's why I use that as an example. Let's just assume that everybody's contract is up when we want it to be up. All right. Yeah, let's do that. I think that'll be good. We don't got any pay-per-views next week. Nothing to really eat up that extra time. Yeah, we can do that. Another top 10. The folks seem to like our top 10s. Why don't we do a top 10 and a game? We can try it. I've been thinking of a game, Pacey. Are you willing to play a game with me? Would you like to play a game? Fuck yeah, I would. Okay. So a game I've been thinking of is um, I I, I like to watch old wrestling i like to watch i don't the wwe network is great for it. you got the mid-atlantic you got smoky mountain you got jim crockett promotion wcw even current wwe and you can say shit that motherfucker with this stupid ass gimmick turned into this amazing wrestler over here you can look at a Rocky Johnson, who came out in frills and a fucking Chia Pet haircut, and he became The Rock, one of the biggest celebrity movie stars in the world. That's the example I'm going to give. Dr. Isaac Yankum. Exactly. I want us to find, let's do, well, we'll figure out how many we do, you and I. But I want you to put some that you want me to guess, and I'm going to pick some I want you to guess. And what we're going to do is we'll give the the other quote-unquote name. Now, this could be a name that happened after they were successful and had to change their name, or somebody before they were successful and had just a weird name. But I want it to be weird, I want it to be goofy, and I want it to be not connected to their current name, you know. Yeah. Uh, I want to think of a good example, but I can't right now. But I mean, even even something as simple as like um, um, Andrade Cien Almas. You can't just say, oh, now he's Andrade. Like, I don't want that. Let's not okay. do that. Let's do like really weird fucking different fun names. And it doesn't matter if we guess them or not. We're not taking points. This is for the viewers. This is for the listeners. This is for people to just have fun and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that one. Or be like, oh, shit. What was that gimmick? I'm going to look that up on YouTube. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I want you to come up with some. I'm going to come up with some. We'll go back and forth. We'll try to guess them. We'll get some right. We'll get some wrong. It's going to be fun. Sounds like a good time. I think it does. 
So to summarize my rant, because I'm not quite done yet. Still got some few. Go on, go on. Black, Ciampa, Gargano, and Ricochet all seem pretty content with their debuts publicly. But this is the realization of our greatest fears, Fat Mac. Out of these four superstars, the only one we considered could stand a chance of not getting lost in the fray on the main roster was Alistair Black. Yeah, I agree with that. And the feeling is all of the men involved lost something rather than gaining anything from these appearances. It paled in comparison to halftime heat or any of the potential built from any of last year's takeovers. Though it must be stated, Ciampa is still NXT champion and Gargano is still North American champion. So for the time being, at least DIY won't be main roster exclusive. But how long will that last? What's next for NXT? That's a good question. It seems like the last two rounds of call-ups have left the roster feeling rather empty with only Velveteen Dream, the Undisputed Era, and maybe Matt Riddle left to pick up the reins. This move was made too soon and too soft. Though I have to state it, I don't want to, but Raw and SmackDown saw the biggest ratings they've had in half a year due to this. Well, not necessarily due to this, but... You gotta give it some kind of contribution. Maybe not Raw, but SmackDown. And I do want to call you out, Pasty. <clears throat> Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, there, there's a lot of the women still in NXT that have yeah. huge money-making potential and huge names, so... We just don't want to leave there. them out. And I don't want to no. leave them out. Right, right. But, but this is this is more obviously, of a rant on the on the men's end. Yeah, anyway, obviously the women weren't called up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously it didn't dilute <sighs> the female roster. So I I'll give you, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be that I just I had to be that person, Pacey, because you know there's somebody listening yep. who is saying, Well, what no, about the women? Out, man. I was I was hardcore on this. You know, Bianca Belair, week. she's she's a superstar in the main there There's so many people we've said it, but I, I'm gonna say this again. Out of even Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, and so many others, Bianca Belair is the one woman I can't imagine they can fuck up on the main roster. At least she has to at least fucking be a she's a superstar. I think both Shayna and Kyrie are probably more talented, but God, Bianca just seems to have the it factor. And ooh. But you brought up the ratings, and obviously you would think, I don't know. I don't know if you can attest any of this to ratings, because I guess the question is, did they promote calling up NXT people on the pay-per-view? Um, They let it leak before Raw happened that there was, the four men were backstage, but they didn't say anything more okay. than that. So you could. And they didn't put that out. They put that out themselves at WWE.com maybe an hour before the show aired. But it had been going around the internet for the better part of the day. So I don't really think you could actually constitute the bigger ratings for that. Um, Obviously, for me... Yeah, I would probably rather give it to Kofi after his performance at a Kofi for sure. 
Um, I would say the fact that even though I don't like the excuse of, quote-unquote, the NFL is on, so they got bad ratings, that does affect it somewhat, and they don't have the NFL right now. Hmm. Um, if the Elimination Chamber was as Can't decent... wait till 2020 when we can say, oh, XFL is on, that's why yeah, ratings... Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Um, elimination chamber was as decent as it was. I, I, I don't know. I can't give you the reason that ratings perked up a little bit. I, I don't see any good reason, honestly. No. So, um, other than, like I said, maybe people were excited to see what was going to happen with Kofi after, after all the back. Yeah, but I just, I don't even see a lot of casual fans being into that. So I'm not sure what it would be. I, it's possible. I don't think so, though. I don't know. Could could be a fluke. Could be that WWE is, is back in the upswing, and maybe they're going to keep continuing ratings now. Let's not forget, Pasty, for as much as uh, we, we loud and applaud AEW for being an alternative to WWE and for giving us something else, the more talk there is about AEW, WWE gets two times the promotion for every time one time AEW oh, yeah. is mentioned. Yep. Let's not take that away. There's got to be a portion of AEW's prominence that is actually pushing WWE's product. Well, I, and I think that goes hand in hand with their slogan, change the universe, you know? They don't have to be the biggest thing if they can make difference for the people who are assigned to WWE. No, and I've never, I've never wanted that. I've never wanted the biggest thing. I'm, I mean, Matthew right. McConaughey might be well endowed. I don't know, but that's not what I'm looking for. When I quit watching WWE in the early aughts, they bought ECW and WCW. They were the biggest thing mm. around. I turned to Ring of Honor which was nowhere near as big as it is now. And I no. turned to TNA, which was probably bigger than it is now, but nowhere near as big as it was in its heyday. And I was watching Pro Wrestling Gorilla, which to this day, a lot of people listening to us, Pacey, don't even know what Pro Wrestling Gorilla is. And I was watching right. New Japan. I was watching Chikara. I had so much fun watching Chikara back in the day. And there's probably a lot of people right now don't know what Chikara pro wrestling is. So I, yeah, it's just, you have to give a little bit of the, uh, I think that you have to give a little nod to WWE's ratings to AEW. I think you do. I think so. Cause it's every time they make a move, it's like, what's Vince going to do next to make up for it? Yeah. I definitely think so. And that's where competition, that, that good, healthy competition is good for it everybody. It is. It's so good for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Even good for Ty Dillinger, TJP, and, and Hideo Itami. Even if, who weren't yeah, even if they don't go to AEW, they're going to go somewhere. Right. And people are going to see them. Like I said, I got money that Dillinger winds up You know, up look at, um, look at, um... Oh, he was CJ Parker in NXT. Why am I drawing a blank on his name, too? Oh. I don't think he's that good of a wrestler. I don't like him now any more than I liked him in, when he was in NXT. But he is definitely an upper mid-card guy in um, New Japan right now. 
I'm still drawing a blank on his name. CJ Parker, he was in NXT. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, look at him. He made much a much bigger name for himself after leaving WWE's developmental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just sucks. It just sucks. I mean, Vince completely, it shows how out of tune with NXT he really is when he pulled up these people who are in the middle of feuds on the show and then made no reference whatsoever to anything. Oh, yeah, and like you said, like DIY like this being is, faces. Now you got two different storylines going on at the same time to the same group of people who are watching. You yep. know what I mean? It's... It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. It's like when uh, Jerry Lawler was a heel in WWE TV, but then they had a deal with Memphis Wrestling at USWA, United States Wrestling Association, and he would go down there, and he's a face, and Vince McMahon would come and do commentary, and Vince McMahon was a heel, when on WWE, he was the owner, and he was a face, and it was like, well, what the fuck's going on? If you watch both of them... You're getting a mixed fucking signal. And yes, there wasn't as many people. There was a fraction of the people watching USWA as there was WWE. But if you were in that fraction, just like there's a fraction of the people watching NXT, if you're in that fraction, it confuses the fuck out of you. But Vince doesn't think anybody outside of his bubble (laughs) knows anything outside of his bubble. I'm going to bring up the story that has been brought up on this show at least twice before and has been brought up multiple other times. And it comes straight from Chris Jericho. He was flying on a flight and he was watching a sitcom. I want to say it was Big Bang Theory or How I Met Your Mother, but I might be making that up. It was some kind of show. Anyways, Vince walks by, sees him on his tablet watching a show and says, Hey, what's that, pal? And Jericho says, Hey, it's Big Bang Theory. What's that? Oh, it's a show about these nerds. It's on an NBC. It's a sitcom. It's fun. Well, you know, with the network, you can just watch WWE programming. <laughs> yeah, but this motherfucker's flying from a wrestling show to another wrestling show, and he might want a fucking break. Like, Vince doesn't right. realize anything exists outside his bubble. It, it confounds uh. him. Like, he literally had to question why Jericho would watch something else instead of understand he needed a break. It doesn't, to Vince, it doesn't make sense. That's weird. I think it's funny that Vince expects his superstars to watch. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, why? Why would you? I love Beef Six Podcasts, but I'm not going to sit and listen to every 100 episode finding the best fucking skits for our 100th episode coming up here in six more fucking weeks, pasty. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, our hundredth episode's coming up in six weeks, folks. Yes, it is. How many more episodes you got to listen to? I have got ninety-seven <laughs> more to listen to. Oh shit! But I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't know what to think. I don't know where to go from here. I can spoil some stuff for you if you want, but I don't think I'm going to because the next round of NXT tapings happened and some things happened that after this week make a whole lot of well, sense. I say, I say let's just give a big spoiler alert right now and drop a little knowledge on the folks. We'll have them skip, we'll have right. them skip a good uh, five minutes ahead. 
that's about yep. all you need. We're getting real close so to the spoiler end. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to listen to any spoilers from NXT TV, skip to five minutes ahead from right now, and we got you. So, this week, the NXT tapings happened, and they're building towards the uh, the, the Dusty Classic, the Tag Team Classic. A again, classic. With multiple tag teams in the mix. Well, Gargano just dropped the championship on NXT TV to Velveteen Dream. Uh, Ciampa looked at him kind of like, oh, this guy fucked it all up. But then decided to give him a second chance, and they entered in the Dusty Classic. They make it all the way to the semifinals, where they lose, and I can't remember who they lose to. But their feud is back on. And and at TakeOver New York, which is what they're calling it this year, not TakeOver Brooklyn. Right. At, at TakeOver New York, we're going to get the last chapter in NXT Ciampa versus Gargano. Which I cannot wait for. I, yeah, I'm afraid yeah. it can't live up to everything that's come before. But if anybody can supersede that, it's these two men. And if they know it's their last chance oh. to get this done and done right, I think we're going to get some good, some good I shit. I know. The hard thing, though, is like, can either of them stand to win? I almost feel like they have to take each other out forfeit the title, and then six weeks later go back to Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to say if somebody has to win, I want it to be... It's got to be Gargano, right? I was going to say I want it to be Ciampa. It Which is horrible be. because I I am still not the largest I'm, I'm Ciampa fan. I'm, I'm a huge that, Gargano uh, fan. I'm worried at this point that, that Gargano is becoming the Sami Zayn's to Ciampa's Kevin Owens. I'm okay. Where they'll oh, always be tied I'm together, okay but that. Ciampa's always the guy who's going to win I hope the that's end. not the case. So I, you know what? Yeah, I see what you're saying, honestly. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not, because I, I'm a bigger Gargano than Ciampa fan, but I'd be okay with Ciampa winning this one out and Gargano taking his lumps, and then Gargano becoming the Kevin Owens on the main roster and Ciampa being the Sami Zayn. I don't know that that would happen, but cool. that, that's what I would prefer. I, yeah, I don't know how you'd do that, but... Well, anything can happen on the yeah, main roster. No, that doesn't matter. I just, wish, I just wish Vince didn't do any of this. I wish I could wake up tomorrow and this whole week was a dream and we hadn't recorded this podcast and I didn't have to write a huge fucking rant about all of this. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way. You know I love Cher. <laughs> we all do. Speaking of Cher, Fat Mac, I'm running out of voice here. For our last segment of the night, you want to drop some facts on the fans in our segment. Oh, you didn't know? Joe better call somebody! A bit of history was made at Elimination Chamber. This was intriguing. After winning the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, Sasha Banks and Bayley lifted WWE's four horsewomen to a new height they have never been to before, but they were working towards. The Boss, 
the hugger, the queen, and of course, the man, have now been the first winners of every current women's championship that is on the main roster. Sit back, let me explain this to you. Ric Flair's daughter, Ashley, sometimes known as Charlotte Flair. She be Who's now dating Andrade, by the way. I don't know if you almost Which, by the way, is nowhere near as good as uh Selena Vega, but you know the, as far as as far as person wise no, as far as company-wise, yes. Charlotte Flair, obviously, was the first quote-unquote WWE Women's Champion, which is known as the Raw Women's Championship today. And at WrestleMania 32, way back in 2016, well, sorry, that happened back in, at WrestleMania 32 way back in 2016. But, also in 2016, but at a different pay-per-view, Becky Lynch became the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion. So, Backlash 2016, Becky Lynch, first ever SmackDown Women's Champion. WrestleMania 32 2016, Charlotte Flair, first ever Raw Women's Champion. And, Elimination Chamber 2019, Sasha and Bailey, first ever WWE's women's tag team champion with an asterisk, as all of these are, because they've all had champions before right. now. But if we're yeah. talking about the, what do the they want to say? Notes. Quote, current modern, which is a bullshit term, but, but yeah. It's cool to know that as much as it feels like WWE has given up on the four horsewomen, the statistics prove that they're still backing them. Mm -hmm. They have accolades that nobody can ever really take away, at least for 20 years. Yeah, at least with an asterisk behind them. It's kind of like when punks yeah. say, or when people say punks record breaking title reign. It's like, well, there's seven <laughs> other guys that have a longer title reign than you. But yeah, sure. Including Reigns that went on for, what, seven fucking years? Oh, yeah. Sam Martino went on longer than that. Hulk Hogan went on for multiple years. Bob Backlund, Iron Sheet. Yeah, I mean, and same with this. Um, the um, the um, the Jumping Bomb Angels have been WWE tag team or women's tag team champions. So there's been WWE women's tag team champions before then. It was called WWF mm. tag team champions back then. But obviously, they're not legally allowed to use that name. So you can't technically say it's a different title, but that's kind of like when people say that somebody was NWA champion while they were in TNA, but not TNA. Do you think TNA. Jungle Boy could ever become the WWF champion now? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? I would love to see Jungle Boy as WWF <laughs> champion. They'd do it just to get his fucking dad in, in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Luke Perry, the WWE Hall of Fame class of fucking 2035. No, no, no. I'm not even saying get the WWF champion from WWE anywhere. 
the World Wildlife Fund just oh, partners oh, with Oh, you, you mean you know like the, I mean? The, the panda, the panda belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just still I call get it you. the WWF the panda belt. I like that. <laughs> I see where you're going with the Jungle Boy thing. No, I, I completely, that went way over my head, Pasty. Sorry. That Sorry. one went way over my head. But yeah, no, I like that. <sighs> and then they would induct his dad into the Hall of Fame just to fucking screw with him. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh god that two hours went fast it was a good two hours we got a lot into this we got a lot in we skipped a lot pasty i hope the folks we left know a that lot out we did we do we that did. for them uh, we try to consolidate being one being matt hardy's uh contract ends in 10 days and he doesn't seem like he's gonna be re-signing so and and you know he's already worked with some of the guys that uh you, you, you know. know you know you know you know. And then the other thing, Gold Dust changed his Twitter handle to Dustin Rhodes and removed all references to WWE from his social media accounts. And you know, Cody Rhodes' match is supposed to be kind of personal. Yeah. So what gets more personal than Cody versus Dustin? I hope neither of them have a last name. Oh, and speaking of that, Cody Rhodes officially announced that the Over to Budget Battle Royal will be on again at Double or Nothing, and... It won't be Over the Budget. He said that. Well, it's the Over to Budget Battle Royal. He just doesn't know if it's in the budget or not. But he did say that there will be a special... Uh, a, a special uh, reward. Something special. Yeah, a special yeah. something for whoever wins that. So that's going to be Odds interesting. It's a contract or a future title shot. Yeah, I, I don't see so much a future title shot, but I would see a contract for sure. Mm-hmm. Or even oh, yeah, so, definitely. I mean, it, we don't know. We have nothing to base it on because this is the first AEW pay-per-view. They could do something wacky. They could do something extreme like a title shot. They could do something normal like a contract. They could do something just weird like you get to marry Kenny Omega. We don't fucking know. <laughs> it's all up in the air. Maybe they have to. Maybe they have to swim with Shark Boy in a tank for three hours. We don't know because we have nothing. And to hey, base check it out on. our social media if you want to find out step three of how to be elite. We don't have the full handbook written down yet, but we got step yes, three. Step three. So yeah, next week it sounds like we're gonna have a top ten of our picks to go to all for elite sure. current. Active wrestling wrestlers from across the wrestling universe. Universe. Change the universe. An all new game. And who the fuck knows what else, man? Things have been so all over the place this week, I don't even know. I might have no hair. Things next can week. change. No eyebrows, from, no beard, no hair. Things can change from now until fucking five minutes from now. As soon as we turn it off, some fucking something's oh, yeah. gonna drop. And it's going to be so pointy. Oh, yeah. We just it's going to be like we, we sign off and all of a sudden, AEW bought WWE. What the fuck? How did that happen? <laughs> what the shit? Nobody uh, knew what That's Vince's way of getting back at us. We're not going live anymore, so he can't fuck with our show. Right. So he's just got to fuck with our ability to get content out in a timely manner. Matthew McConaughey is cheating on Fat Mac with Charlotte Flair. You son of a bitch. God damn it. <laughs> Corey Graves took video. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? Brad Maddox to comment. 
Brad Maddox being inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. Best cinematography. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh With God. that being said, Pasty, I think everybody knows by now, but obviously I'm Fat Mac. No, I'm Fat Mac. Okay. Well, I'm Cattleman's Ranch. Well, I'm Outback Ranch. Okay. Well, I'm TJP. Well, I'm Ty Dillinger. Folks, good news and good night.